Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. We hear Jesus in his own words today, and he's kind of cutting it to the chase here. He has a, a very deliberate message for us tonight. Do not work for food that perishes. What kind of food have you been working for this last week, this last day, the last few years? What is the food that you desire? What is the food that you have been working for? And is it a food that perishes? A lot of us operate out of a desire to be seen, a desire to be noticed, a desire to be praised. Many of us are motivated by a love for comfort. A desire for the finer things in life, the nice stuff, a bigger house, cool gadgets, power, honor. What is it that we hunger for? And is it food that will last? That's the money question from Jesus tonight. Now, Jesus, if he was going to, he knows us relatively well, if he was going to give us a gift that was significant, a gift that really mattered, I think he would prepare us to receive it. He would want us to be aware that it's coming, so if you're like Father Luke, you wouldn't miss it when it was right in front of you. And so for thousands of years, God has been at work dropping, you ready for it, breadcrumbs throughout the story of salvation history for his children who live in this time today so that we could see and recognize and not forget the gift that we have been given. And so in our first reading, we hear the whole Israelite community is grumbling. And they're grumbling against Moses and Aaron. Why would the Israelites be grumbling against Moses and Aaron? Well, because these two guys have led them out into the desert. Why are the Israelites in the desert? Well, if you're with us in the book of Exodus, Israel is in the desert because it is doing the exodus. It is leaving slavery in Egypt and is on its journey to the promised land. I invite you into this moment in Israel's history because this is an important one that we heard in the first reading today. The Israelites said to them as they grumbled, would that we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt as we sat by our flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. Brothers and sisters, God literally just freed these people from slavery. And where is it that they want to go? They want to go back to Egypt, specifically back to the flesh pots of Egypt. Israel would rather have what made it comfortable than follow the God who just freed it. I'm going to say that again because I think that resonates. Israel would rather have what is comfortable than follow the God who just fought to free it. And so I invite you to consider, what is it that you are seeking in this world? What is the food that you are after? Is it a food that perishes? Because Israel would have rather turned around and gone back to Egypt. Israel would have rather lived in comfort next to those flesh pots of Egypt. But don't forget... Comfort in Egypt equals slavery. Brothers and sisters, you and I find ourselves living in the most comfortable age in human history. Whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want, however we want, it is right there at our fingertips. 
If you were looking to be comfortable, congratulations. You are living in the year 2021 in the United States of America. This is the most comfortable age in human history. What's the problem? Comfort does not make heroes. Comfort makes slaves. And so Israel, in the first reading, wants to journey back to slavery, wants to journey back to that land of what was comfortable when it had life on its terms, when it was doing what was comfortable to it, rather than following God's plan for its life. And thousands of years later, we find ourselves living in 2021, an age of comfort where there are, dare I say, more slaves today than there have been in the history of the world. Because seeking the path to pleasure, seeking the cheap and the easy route through life, guess what it is? It's cheap and it's easy. And it doesn't make heroes. It doesn't make saints. It actually produces slaves. Slaves who live in bondage of slavery to themselves. Slaves who are unable to break free, to seek something more than the cheap and the easy route through life. And this is the world that Jesus desires to enter in today. This is the world that Jesus steps into to break the chains of slavery once again to free his friends and to lead them on the journey to the promised land. And so where is your promised land? Where is it that you are trying to get to in life? Is it a certain profession? Is it a certain income level? Is it a certain amount of power? Is it a specific kingdom? What is the food that you hunger for? Is it a food that endures for eternal life? And so Jesus breaks in as Yahweh broke in thousands of years ago, and he tells his people, he says, look, I see your hunger. I am with you. I'm going to make it rain bread from heaven to sustain you, to give you what you need on your journey away from slavery to the promised land. And so thousands of years ago in Exodus, they found this unleavened bread that started raining from heaven. They called it manna, which literally means, what is it? And it was the priests of Israel who would go out every morning and they would gather this unleavened bread and give it to feed Israel as she journeyed through the desert home to the promised land, that land that the Father had prepared for his people. I hope you hear a few, perhaps, connections between something we all might know well, The bread of life that Jesus offers is the gift of himself in the Eucharist. And brothers and sisters, there is no greater gift that the world could ever, that the world ever could have been given than the gift of Jesus present in the Eucharist. There is nothing greater than the power of Jesus. There is nothing more beautiful than his sacred heart. There is nothing more admirable than the love that he portrays and which he embodies and which he invites all of us to receive. There is no greater gift than the heart of our God. If there was, God would have given that to us. And so God has worked within our story for thousands of years to prepare us, the children of the new Israel, who journey from slavery to sin home to the promised land in the kingdom of heaven. And our God knows that that journey is difficult, that that journey is not easy, that he needs to sustain his children on this journey. And so he calls the priests of the new Israel to assemble the unleavened bread which he rains down from heaven, which is not a food that perishes. It is the heart of his son that endures forever. 
And he offers this food at every mass, on every altar, through every priest. And he invites his friends to come and to partake of this food, to receive it, and to let it alter in his friends the course of their lives and through them the course of history. You and I are invited to partake of this mystery. You and I will soon receive this gift. And so you and I are invited to take a page out of St. Paul's second reading when he tells us that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. That is not how you learn Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, you and I have a fundamental decision to make this day and every day. Do we live for the cheap and the easy? Would we rather go back to Egypt where we know the path ultimately leads to slavery? Are we willing to step out in faith, to follow our God to the kingdom that awaits us? Are we willing to be fed by him every day of that journey? Will you let him make you great? There is nothing greater than the heart of Jesus, and that gift is soon to be placed on this altar. You and I are invited to live differently, to love differently, to look differently in this time and in this place that we may bear faithful and zealous witness to our God who is love itself. Brothers and sisters, the Eucharist is coming soon. Do not miss this gift.